plants, they utilize photosynthesis and the energy from their sun to fuel their growth. But most people don't realize that about a third of that energy that they're getting from the sun is specifically used to send out exudates on their plant roots. And what exudates are is their little tiny hairs, let's call them, of carbohydrates that get released all across its root structure with the specific purpose of attracting microbes to its roots. just heard Nick Cass, co-creator of Vokashi Living, a company based out of Vancouver, British Columbia. He spent 14 years involved in large-scale municipal composting operations, and with his business partners, he is bringing back an ancient Japanese composting method that shortens the complete compost cycle down to just four to six weeks. Industrial farming has done a fantastic job in the last 50 or 60 years of killing off soil biology and soil microbes and soil biodiversity. This is episode 17 of the Get In My Garden podcast, and I'm Aaron Moskowitz. This is a podcast about the demographic shift back to working the earth and working with the earth in a sustainable way. I feature farmers, gardeners, experts, and creative, passionate business people who are moving us in the right direction. Bokashi composting uses something called Bokashi bran, a complex microbial blend inoculated into bran, the outer layer of cereal grains. Unlike backyard composting, the Bokashi method makes composting all kitchen food waste possible. We talk about soil, microbes, composting methods, the direct relationship between microbes and how plants are able to uptake nutrition, and about their company that is working to mainstream the composting of all kitchen food waste. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Get In My Garden podcast on iTunes and leave positive reviews if you like the show. You can reach me directly by email or phone with ideas for future episodes, and feedback about ways I can improve the show is always appreciated. Go to my website, getinmygarden.com, where my contact info is anchored to the top of the page. Also view photos related to the podcast on Instagram, at getinmygarden. We all have a sustainability background and all got somewhat frustrated with some of the things that we saw going on in the industry. One of the key points that got me engaged was coming from a recycling background. Food waste, of all, of all these items that us as homeowners produce as waste and deal with as waste, Food waste is the only one that we can actually do something with. And I can't recycle cardboard into something new, and I don't know how to recycle a computer, but the food waste I can. And not only can I, but there's a tremendous benefit that I can actually get that we as homeowners can get from it. And that really kind of got me engaged. And three years ago, we started up our little company with the focus of trying to bring that awareness to North America. Let the average homeowner gardener know how they can use their food waste to build better soils to the benefit of their gardens. That's so cool. Well, the product itself looks amazing. And then it's a quick process, isn't it? Compared to normal composting, which is not an easy process for most people. It's a quick process, Aaron, correct. But perhaps also, I I mean, for me, one of the more attractive sides of it is that with Bokashi composting, we can, for the first time, compost all of our food waste. We don't need to sort or separate. If you have food in your kitchen, if it's been cooked or if it's not been cooked, you know, even things like meat and dairy and bread, pizza, whatever you have, if it's food waste in your kitchen, it can all be treated with the Bokashi compost. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's super easy and it gets great results, obviously, too. But And the, the speed of, of, of which the whole process works is, I think, partially also key to its popularity. So what you've got is an, it's an inoculated rice bran, is that correct? Correct, exactly right, yeah. 
so that goes in and i think that's the part that people don't understand like how do the microbes work well okay so exactly right it's all about microbes and the home gardener uh, most hopefully most of them already know this it's something that bears repeating and is very important and that is that industrial farming has done a fantastic job in the last 50 or 60 years of and industrial farming techniques of killing off soil biology and soil microbes and soil biodiversity uh-huh it's it's the very biology that we need in our soils that our plants need to thrive and survive. Industrial farming techniques have done just a great job of killing that biology. And and in effect, what they're doing is adding chemical and synthetic fertilizers to the soils, which are killing that biology and thereby creating dead soils, but soils that will grow if you keep applying these chemicals and synthetic fertilizers. So basically the plants naturally they need these key minerals, and if the, the microbes are making them bioavailable, then it's balanced and it can keep feeding the plants. But otherwise, they have to continually add these yeah, synthetic exactly fertilizers right. every single it's, year. Yeah, it's, it's just the Earth's natural uh, arrangement that's been come to its conclusion over millions of years where plants access their nutrients and the minerals in the soils through the relationships that they have with microbes in the soil. And, you know, the earth has gotten to this point that it's reached and our gardens have, you know, the plants and the forests have gotten to this point without the need at all, thank you very much, of any store-bought fertilizers or company-produced fertilizers. We've taken a step backwards and industrial farming has created these products that serve to destroy the soil structure that a healthy and organic natural garden and plants want and need. The bigger problem to me as a homeowner is these products are now very readily available in our garden stores and they're attractively packaged and labeled to make us think that, geez, all we got to do is feed our gardens with this food. Let's feed our plants with these fertilizers and they'll thrive. We're not realizing the damage that we're incurring. And yes, we are feeding our plants. But what the end result is that it is that our plants will require more and more of these fertilizers to live because they simply cannot access what's in the soil by themselves. So it's a dangerous loop. Again, back to the bigger picture, in the last 60 years, about 40% of all of these fertilizers that have been applied globally have not made it to the plants themselves. They've actually leached off and run downstream and eventually given enough time, everything reaches a river or, or an ocean wow. and it causes tremendous damage. So not only is it harmful, but it's, it's actually not as healthy in our gardens to be using it. Treant quality of what you're growing is actually not complete and nowhere near as good as if you were growing it organic. I do workshops on this and I try to teach people and, and let them know that it really just involves a rethink of what we're doing in our gardens and we shouldn't think about trying to feed our plants. That's not, we got to get away from that. That's what these products are training us to think. Rather, what we should be thinking about is how can I feed the microbes that are in my soil? Because if I can feed the microbes that are in my soil, then my plants will be just fine all on their own because the plant roots will access those microbes. They'll create the relationship that they need with those microbes. The microbes will thrive around the root zone, which is what the plant wants. And through that thriving, that will allow the, as you know, the the roots to access all of the nutrients that they need and the plants will be fine. So focus on feeding the microbes that will build the root, the, the, sorry, the, the soil structure, all of the life above from there on will be just fine on its own. So the Bokashi living compost that comes out of the, so people are throwing in all of their food waste. And then at the end of it, when it's, you've got the soil, 
they put that into their garden and then you're in, introducing very, very active biology, right? So it, can yes. that like, can that fix some of the pesticides and herbicides that people may have applied over the years? It's the foundational start for doing that. So any composting, whether it's the Bokashi composting that I do with my food waste or your backyard composting cone or pile that a bigger farmers will or gardeners will utilize, all we're really doing with these, when we say compost, is think of it as stewarding microbes. We're really trying to create a home for microbes to thrive and multiply. And that home, what we're doing is we're feeding the microbes organic matter. So when you go and add food waste or add yard trimmings to your pile, you're feeding microbes. And those microbes, through the processing of those organic materials that we're giving them, if we create the home properly, will do the breaking down of that material for us. So composting is really just microbes at work. And the end result is that beautiful, rich humus that we all look at and, and think of as healthy compost. Yes. Um, and that is just teeming with microbes. And then Ultimately, we dig that into our soil where hopefully they will start to multiply and thrive and start to build that soil structure. So at, its, at, the, at the beginning level of getting your soil structure back, number one, top most important, perhaps even we can say only thing you really need to focus on doing is get good compost into your soil. That's really great to hear yeah. because for me personally, I'm just concerned with all these mostly Monsanto products, it seems like, and they're in the soil. And I didn't know if, first of all, does it make it more difficult for the microbes to be happy and multiply or does it not even matter in the microbes? Do they help get rid of those products? Well, that, will, that will depend on which products we're talking about when you, when you name that company and these industries. But yes, in a nutshell, what you just said is very true, which is that these products will make it very hard for the microbes that we want in our soil to thrive. And in fact, most of these products serve to kill those microbes. Because when we buy these heavy high numbers of NPK fertilizers, and again, in quote, fertilizers, plant food from, from the stores, they're sulfate-based. They're not natural. Mm -hmm. They're, they're chemical-and-synthetic-based, coming again from sulfates. And sulfate is really just, just a salt. And microbes are, are a delicate little item that have very thin cell walls. And when you put salt on any living creature, picture a slug in, in the garden, yes. salt gets onto the slug. What does it do? It dries it out and kills it. That's exactly what's happening with chemical and synthetic plant food fertilizers that we apply to the, that industrial farmers apply to their soils, it serves to dry out and kill those microbes. So in effect, you're giving the plant the bare amount of what it needs to thrive and grow very, it's, it's all about growing rapidly. And so they will grow rapidly, but you know, you're not feeding them what they really want and what they really healthily need. And they're becoming dependent on it. And, and it's almost like just constantly feeding your plants at a buffet of terrible food. Uh, yeah, the plant will grow fat quickly, but it, in our backyard gardens, it's not the kind of plant that we want to encourage. Another question I had was about fungus. Is there a fungus component to Bokashi living? Oh my God, absolutely, absolutely. So when we say microbes, or when I say microbes, that's a okay. very, very encompassing word. It's okay. back. It's covering all kinds of bacteria, which are microbes, uh, yeast, yeast and fungi, uh, which are all super important and great for building and using in soil structure. And actually what we should have, healthy gardens should have it. You think of it all as garden-friendly probiotics. And yes, fungi guy is a very important part of that. I see. So that brand that's inoculated, is it something that you created in a lab or is it something almost like a kombucha where they use complex 
Yeah. Uh, so and the, the, changing product. Well, the answer to that question, I would say to you, is it's a little bit of both. I mean, uh, in the beginning, these microbes and what we're using for Bokashi composting were identified in the lab as being garden friendly and uh, beneficial for plant roots. And then what we do, uh, what I do is I, I take them and I almost like kombucha, which is just fermenting and, and making a product and multiplying those microbes. We do that and uh, multiply them and inoculate the Bokashi bran and then dry it out nicely so that it's a shelf ready product that you can add to your food waste and it, it initiates the process of breaking down that food waste. Very cool. One thing I think I should say that I think is important, and I, and I say to this at workshops all the time, once people understand the importance of composting and its really fundamental need for success in your own backyard garden, the chore or the work or the headache or the yuck factor, even if you want to call it that, of any composting becomes entirely tolerable and I would venture even to say enjoyable because you know the benefit of ultimately what you're doing. Definitely. Well, and then I think a lot of people who aren't organic farmers, I mean, the, the podcast mostly is people who know about basic farming techniques and probably a little bit about composting. But the idea, I think some people have experimented with various types of composting and maybe they didn't get the bacteria right. So the anaerobic versus the aerobic and the smell that may have been created. Can you mm -hmm. speak to that a little bit? Because I know that your product doesn't smell at all, right? Exactly right. Well, okay, so now we, we have to, when we say doesn't smell at all, uh, let's, let's just say it doesn't smell uh, foul. There's definitely a smell. Uh, okay. with, any, with any composting there is, but even your backyard composting, it shouldn't smell foul. If it does, then the foul smells come from putrefaction and rotting. And that's not what any composting is. Composting is really very much a, a decomposition. And when we get into rotting or putrefaction, all that really means is that the wrong microbes are at work. And if your compost pile in your backyard starts to smell really foul, chances are you're, you haven't paid good enough attention to creating an appropriate home for them. And I think that most people fail in my experience in their backyard composting piles, because simply they're not turning it often enough. So the backyard composter is an aerobic process, as you know, mm -hmm. which means that those microbes prefer and actually need an oxygen environment. They need the oxygen to thrive. And most people, especially during the winter or during the, the off season where their garden really isn't foremost in their mind, they don't go and visit the compost pile. So what it does is it just collapses and becomes uh, anaerobic and the air it doesn't flow through it properly and that will start foul odors. I see. And, yep. uh, and you're correct when you say that with Bokashi composting for food waste, that is a, actually an anaerobic process. So we're doing it in the kitchen in an airtight bin, keeping the lid on. So there's no odors coming out of that bin at all until you open the lid and add some more food waste. And at that point, you will smell whatever's going on in the bin. When we deal with anaerobic processes, that's now considered the same as fermenting. So what okay. we're doing is we're fermenting the food. So yeah, you'll smell like a, a yeasty, sweet, sour, pickly kind of smell. I it's see. not offensive, but yeah, there is a smell. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've made sauerkrauts and things, so I know, and that's very yeah. good bacteria. And, for yeah, us. and you know, it, I think that that uh, uh, fermentation, we're learning more and more now, and it's become a very popular thing, and people are realizing the value it has for our own health. Fermented foods are fantastic for us, and what we're doing is introducing 
good probiotic microbes into our system through the fermented foods. The microbiome that's in our bodies thrive off of that fermented food. And surprisingly, our gardens work the same way. Fermented foods, which is now Bokashi composting, that works fantastically well and quickly in the garden soil structure. Makes sense to me. Now, how does it affect yields and crop quality? I know that you started to talk about that a little bit. The flavor, obviously, of really well-fed organic produce is going to be a lot better. So have you noticed differences in yield and quality? I can't say that I've particularly noticed a specific difference because I never was an inorganic farmer. I right. never used chemical and synthetic fertilizers. So I can't say that I've seen a change. But um, without question, as soon as you have good, healthy soil structure, your plants in your garden will get everything they need all on their own. And if they have pests or diseases coming at them, then they simply go and get what they need from the soil from their roots and fight those pests and diseases. So to answer your question, yes, Wokashi composting or with adding any good quality compost in your garden will help with your yield and will help with your plant vitality and size and growth and everything. That's great. Yeah, it's super fundamental. I mean, another note with respect to, to Bokashi composting, again, just to be clear what we're doing, it's treating food waste from your kitchen for the average homeowner to build their soils with. The great thing really about food waste is we all do produce a certain amount of it. And food waste holds a tremendous benefit for breeding microbes. And again, think of composting as breeding microbes. And the organic matter that we add to the compost pile is uh, what we're feeding the microbes with. And food waste holds a tremendous benefit for breeding microbes. And, That's, and yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that can be evidenced by picturing if you leave uh, a food on the counter versus a uh, plate of yard trimmings, which one will go moldy first? And obviously the food waste in most cases is going to go moldy quicker, faster, and more completely. And uh, that's just showing you the power and the energy and the nutrients and the sugars that are in food waste, all of which feed microbes. So that's back again to my starting up with getting interested in, in Bokashi composting, was just recognizing the tremendous value that our food waste that many of us are just throwing into the garbage bin, or possibly if you live in a city or a town that has a curbside collection for organic waste by the city, we're just giving it away to the city. And I saw that as a, a tremendous waste when it's so easy to convert it into to good usable soil compost. Definitely. Well, I really like the idea of people taking control of the process of, you know, actually thinking more about where their waste is going. And then if they are gardeners and they're potentially even buying some of those products that are not sustainable, now they're taking more of an interest in their garden. So they're controlling the process and it might make them much better gardeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most people are buying the bins from you. I really like the price point. It seems like anybody can afford it. Yeah, so Bokashi composting started. Bokashi is a Japanese word, and it actually originated in Japan. And Japan is an interesting nation. It's a very densely and heavily populated island nation that that was forced to think about sustainability issues far more early in its years and age than we in North America were ever having to think about these things. So they're very progressive with their environmental awareness and their, and their approach to their waste streams and how they deal with that. So in the 70s, they identified that Bokashi composting, and Bokashi means fermented organic matter, that's the Japanese word for it. And they, they identified that they could simply add a select group of garden-friendly probiotic microbes to their food waste and in about six weeks 
have a very usable compost as a result. And so they've been doing it for years in Japan. My partner, George, went there with his family and spent some time living in Japan on an organic farm and saw for the first time what they were doing with their food waste, which was the Bokashi composting. And he saw the results and the easiness of it and realized that North America really should be considering such an approach. He came back and talked to me about it. And, and this is back when I was in the, uh, the waste management industry. And yeah, I saw how much food waste an average homeowner was throwing out. That's when we decided to bring this idea and bring it over. So in a nutshell, what you do as a homeowner is you have an airtight bin. It's a five-gallon pail or 20-liter pail. So it's about the size of a, of a paint bucket, a large yes. paint bucket. And it has a flexible airtight lid on the top. And really all you do is take the lid off, put your food waste in, and give a sprinkling of the Bokashi bran, which is the dry micro bran product that we have by the bag, and keep repeating until the bin is full. And once the bin is full, you put the lid on, put it nice and tight, seal it up, and let it sit for two weeks. And in that, those two weeks, the microbes that you've sprinkled around your food waste will greatly multiply, completely stop any rotting. These microbes overtake the rotting, so there's no rotting going on. In effect, what they're doing is fermenting the food waste, and in two weeks, you're done. Now what you do is, just like with any compost, is you want to get this into your garden and into your soils. Uh -huh. um, so you're going to take that product that comes from your bin and dig it into your soil anywhere in your garden, or you can dig it directly into your compost pile. Many people do that as well, just because the amount of microbes that it's containing will improve the quality of your compost pile, especially if the compost pile is not the best to begin with. So if they have a compost pile that's gone bad because they didn't give it aeration, could they add their Bokashi? Oh, absolutely, compost? absolutely. And many people do this as a, a just a regular practice during the winter anyways, because during the winter, it's cold out, our compost piles aren't getting the attention, most likely, that they deserve, and the cold slows down the microbes anyways. So yeah, they'll just take their Bokashi two-week fermented food waste from the kitchen and put it directly into their compost pile. And then come spring, their compost pile is greatly being sped up, ready to get in the garden, often quicker than it ever would have been without that. Just to get back to the, the process, so we've talked about two weeks that it takes in your kitchen, in your bin. What comes out after two weeks is not ready to use compost. You are digging it into your garden, but it's not the compost that we're familiar with seeing because remember, we're, we've fermented our food waste. So mm -hmm. visually, the food waste kind of looks similar to what it, it, it did as it, when it went in. It's oh. been fermented. It's softer. Imagine a pickle. You know, you take a cucumber and you ferment it. Yes. Uh, it's now become a pickle, but it, it still looks the same as what, what you started with. So that's what's happened in your Bokashi bin. You fermented the waste. It looks the same as it did, but it, it's chemically and physically different. And you now are halfway done the process. The remaining halfway is to get it into your soil or your compost bin for an additional two weeks. And in that two weeks, once it's into your soil or your compost bin, the life that is, and, and the microbial and macrobial life that is in your soil and in your compost bin will finish the breakdown process. And at that point, your food waste is by and large gone. It's assimilated into the soil web, ready to benefit plant roots in the, in the immediate area that you put it. So the yes. whole process takes, in my explanation just now, that's a four week process, but I prefer to tell people, expect the process to take between four to six weeks. Okay. And just to give some flexibility, because some people may not put 
as much Bokashi brand into their bin as others. And if you don't, then that can, you know, add a few extra days that you might want to let it sit in your bin. So yeah, saying that it takes between four and six weeks is a more accurate statement and true for 95% of the situations. With fermentation, you really can't go wrong. And that's why, you know, adding can add that, like I say, put a whole pizza in there or cheese or, or meat into your compost bin and don't be scared to do so. It will ferment and it will not rot as many people would have a fear of it doing. That's so, amazing. So yeah, you know, any good backyard composter will very readily recognize that their food waste is great to put in to their compost bin, but not all their food waste. So they'll yes. high grade their food waste from their kitchen. They'll sort out the vegetable matter, which is the good stuff for your compost bin. And all of the rest of it, the cooked food or, or the meats or bread or pasta or dairy or whatever it may be, they're not gonna put that into their compost bin just because they can't process it through their compost pile without some ugly results and negative yes. consequence. And, well, that's a huge um, distinction. Yeah, and Bokashi composting allows them to to skip that entirely and for the first time really get back to zero waste for, on a food level from their kitchen. That's so great. So the inoculated bran, it's obviously fermenting the sugars, but how does it work with proteins and fats? Fats are harder to go through. So they can go into the bin, but when we when we're talking about fats, you know, microbes are generally interested in sugars and carbohydrates and things like that. Fats and oils in quantities, larger quantities should be avoided. But generally, nobody's going to try to force a large amount of that or have a large amount of that as waste in their kitchen. So most of the people that I talk to simply say that, geez, everything that comes from our kitchen goes into our bin. It's the very rare person who says, you know, oh, I've got a, uh, from my deep fryer, can I put all this oil in there? And my answer to that would be no, that's something that you should avoid. Yes. And what about proteins? There's no issue. Put them through. The only thing that, as with any composting, what you want to try to focus on doing is chopping down your waste. If you do chop your items down, they'll process quicker. It adds more surface area. So in your kitchen compost, Bokashi bin, we want to chop up our food waste a little bit. I don't mean dice it up. You don't need to, to do any more than probably what you're doing already. But don't put a whole apple or a whole orange or something like that into any Bokashi bin or any compost pile because the skin on fruits and vegetables is a natural barrier. That's what protects that item when it's hanging on the tree from becoming infected. The same is true when you try to compost it. If you don't cut up an apple and just put it right into your compost bin, the apple's going to take a lot longer to break down. So proteins, yeah, if you just chop it up and put it in your bin, you'll be fine. Interesting. Is there anything else you want to speak about? I, I would I, say to you that people, once they realize the value of compost, and not the value of it necessarily, but why their plants need it, I think that's very important. It becomes a really enjoyable activity because you know why you're doing it. You know that you'll see the results out of it. That's probably a pretty key thing that I would like to just to repeat. Well, it sounds and, like and, you're and the one, Bill Gates of composting because he wanted a personal computer in every home. So maybe everybody's going to have the bin. I know it just makes sense. And why not, right? Because more and more people are becoming interested in their backyard gardens. And in particular, they're becoming interested in growing their own foods. It's, it's just very satisfying to have a closed loop system where food stays on your property uh, to your benefit. I couldn't agree more. In the United States, I know that your website is it's kind of directing people to the 
Canadian website or the U.S. website, what's the best way for people to get one? Oh, yeah. So through our website, it, it, that's very obvious. I mean, if you're a U.S. shopper, then you just click on our U.S. shop and then, you know, in U.S. dollars you're spending. And if you're from Canada, the same is true for Canada. Oh, okay. Um, the, the average household for about $100 will be able to get themselves completely set up with everything they need to begin Bokashi composting in their home. So on that level, it's a very cost-effective method to get into. No kidding. Yeah. You know, I'm happy to say now that we've shipped to every one of the U.S. states. And in the beginning, six or eight months or the first year, we were, you know, really keen on seeing what's the demographic, who's interested in this, because it it really does seem to be that people are becoming aware of the value of microbes in their soil. And and in that research, it brings them to Kokashi composting. For anybody who's really interested in having a better and a more natural garden, seeing their plants be as good as they can be, it's to understand that relationship with plant roots and how they access those nutrients in the soils. So I would invite anybody to just get online, go onto Google and look up plant root exudates. That's a good place to start. And exudate is uh, E-X-U-D-A-T-E-S. Or just look up microbes and plant roots. There's information from soil biologists that's easy to understand, easy to find, and fascinating to read. Plant roots really want and need to have microbes thriving and breeding around their roots. And if microbes are there doing their thing, living and breeding and dying and processing the the nutrients and the minerals that are in our soils, they release those nutrients and minerals in a plant available format. And that's how plants feed themselves. And most of us are, I guess, you know, picturing that a plant root is like a straw where it's just the plant root is there to suck up the water. But no, a plant root is really a two-way highway. It is sending down a third of its energy in exchange for getting food from the microbes. And that's a fascinating thing once you realize that. And once you realize that and understand that that's how plants want to feed themselves, hopefully that will teach you to avoid the chemical and synthetic fertilizers, which kill the microbes in the soils. Yeah, it makes it seem like the current status quo of agriculture is very dangerous and alarming. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're seeing the consequences now and insect life and uh, bird life and everything is starting to show serious decline. I understand that the world needs to feed itself and industrial farming does need to become as productive as it can be. But in our backyard gardens, we don't need to be like the industrial scale farmers. That's not what we we need to do. Absolutely not. Well, I think that that's a great example of what most people who aren't really reading about soil think plant needs 16 minerals. So you add them in and they suck it up a straw and that's it. Mm -hmm. But those might already be in there and the microbes release them through that process to make them available to the plant. Oh yeah, exactly right. You know, as I started out our conversation that the world evolved to the point that it's in now, plant life that's been here for millennia did not need store-bought fertilizers to get to where it is. In fact, it preferred to get to where it is without them. So that alone should be a wake-up call to people who are trying to get back to a natural and a better and a healthy and productive state in their own gardens. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to iTunes and leave positive feedback if you liked the show. And please do reach out to me directly with ideas and comments. Catch you next week.